Well, this morning is my privilege to continue with you our journey. We go through uh, the Lent season towards Easter, and we are taking Jesus' pronouncements, the I am statements of Jesus. And um, today we are at I am the gate for the sheep in John chapter 10. I am the gate for the sheep, says Jesus. And it's interesting that the gate and all of these statements, the I am statements of Jesus are exclusive. I will try one joke though. I mean, uh, um, you know those joke with the pearly gates, when people get to the pearly gates? Um, there's a there's an old lady traveling in an airplane, and she is reading the Bible, and next to her sits a, a business guy, and uh, he looks at her over the shoulder and says, what are you re- reading there? And she says, I'm reading the Bible. <clears throat> and he's skeptical and says, well, do you believe all the things that are in that book? And she says, well, I am trying to. And then he says, do you believe that that guy, what was his name, who was three days in, in a big fish in the belly, and she said, Jonah, oh yeah, do you believe that, you know, that he was three days, how, how, did, how did he do three days to survive, and, and then she says, well, I don't know, but when I get to heaven, I will ask him, and then he says, well, what if he's not there, what if he's in hell, you know, what if Jonah is in hell, and then she quietly um, looks in the Bible and says, calmly, then you will ask him, <laughs> so, so I don't, well, it's, well, I'm glad you laughed at least, you know, so. Um, those, the, the statements of Jesus are really exclusive. You know, you cannot say, well, you have your own way and I have my own way. You know, you, you have your own prophet and you have your own um, kind of faith and I have my own faith. Because if you say that Jesus is one voice among many voices, which he is indeed, these are not the statements that we make up. These are his statements. If you say, well, I believe that Jesus is one voice among many voices. Well, Jesus says, I am exclusive. I am the gate of the sheep. There is no other gate. And all of these statements, last week, Pastor Ron looked at, I am the light. You know, I am the light of the world. That was chapter 8. And in fact, in chapter 8, Jesus says, I am the light. There is no other light. There are many little, maybe flickering candles, but I am the light. Everything else is darkness. There is no other founder, no other religion, no other faith, no other belief, that no other founder that claims I am the light, I am the gate. And what's interesting, in chapter 8, the Pharisees come up to Jesus and they say, you are a Samaritan and a demon-possessed. And Jesus replies to them in kind, sort of. I mean, wait a minute. If, if you claim that you are the children of Abraham, the children of the Father, let me tell you, you belong to your Father because you do not love me. You belong to your Father, the devil. He was a murderer from the beginning because when he lies, he speaks his native language. When he tells the truth, he speaks with an accent. But when he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. This is chapter 8. Pastor Ron looked at it last, last week. In chapter 9, Jesus goes into a synagogue on a Sunday. Well, 
on a Sabbath, right? And he heals a man who was born blind. On a Sabbath day, he goes into the synagogue and he heals the man. The man leaves there and he was born blind. Everybody is amazed at what Jesus did. The Pharisees come out and they try to find him. And they already made a rule. They say, whoever says that Jesus is the Messiah will be kicked out, excommunicated from our community. And indeed, the Pharisees, they found a man. And the man says, I don't know. I just know that I was blind. I see. I don't know who did this. And they throw the man out of the synagogue. The man who was healed. And they indict Jesus. They says, they says you are guilty of breaking the Sabbath. And Jesus goes back to find the man. After he healed him, there's a period of time of investigation by the Pharisees. Jesus goes back, and Jesus heard that they had thrown him out. And when he found him again, the second time, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Now Jesus goes after his faith. In the beginning, he was going after his physical condition. He was blinded. And now Jesus says, You are spiritually blind, but do you believe in the Son of Man? And he says, well, tell me more about him so that I can put my trust in him. But this is the question for you and for me this morning. Do you believe in the Son of Man? Do you believe that he is the light and he is the gate and he is the bread of life? Do you believe in these exclusive statements of Jesus? absolute statements of Jesus. Is, is, is your faith there? And I want you to feel that Jesus asks you this morning personally, do you believe in the Son of Man? And then he starts chapter 10 talking to the Pharisees who are still doubting his authority, his identity, who still think that he should be put to death. And he says, I am the gate for the sheep. You might say, what is that? You know, I just want you to look a little bit of what he means by that. did work. Well, I can tell you what it was about. When Jesus says, do you believe that I am the son of man. He also says there is another way to look at things. Just think of the sheep that are put in the night by the shepherds in the sheep pen. Is it working? So how do people go to heaven? Well, in answering this very important question, Jesus spoke figuratively about one of these, a sheep pen. So a sheep pen is made up of these stone walls that come together and form a narrow opening. 
So before evening sets in, the shepherd gets his flock into the protection of a sheep pen, and then he himself serves as the gate to a sheep by sitting or laying in this narrow opening so that nothing can get in and nothing can get out without going through the shepherd. And it can be one shepherd with a little pen. Or usually they will have one pen for an entire village with many shepherds bringing their flocks in one larger pen, sheep pen. And the many shepherds then will bring their sheep there and they will go to sleep. And the one gatekeeper will sit at the gate and sleep there and make sure that nobody attacks the sheep. No sheep gets out, no thief gets in, no animal comes to the sheep and destroys the flock. And Jesus says, I am the gate for the sheep. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will go in and they will come out, Jesus says, and they will find pasture. Because I want them to have life and to have abundant life. And then he turns towards the Pharisees. And in chapter 10, he talks to the Pharisees. And he says these words. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, Anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. So then he changes the tone. He says, very truly I tell you, I am the gate of the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters to me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the fool. There are four things that I want us to look at this morning. We are going to look at the gate, at the sheep, at the thief, and then we will ask the question, what about us? What about us? But look first at the gate. The gate. Jesus says, I am the gate. I am the gate of the sheep. Now, today is very hard. I'm not sure how, 
How many of you opened a gate like this or even looked at one? But it's not something, the gate is not something usual, usually found in our culture. Even our homes, they don't have fences. Most of them, they don't have gates because we don't fence in our property. Where I come from in many other countries of the world, we put fences. I don't know why, but we put fences, bricks and mortar, and it's a lot of heavy stuff. And I wonder why this is one of the gates in my, in my country. In fact, many people are in the business of building walls and building gates. And this is a gate that enters into somebody's family. And when to enter into somebody's property, entering to the gate is almost like saying, I am becoming part of your fellowship. I am becoming part of your family. I'm going to break bread together with you. You accept me at the table. You will talk to me. You will pay attention to me. You will give me your friendship, your hospitality. You will open up your heart to me. And Jesus says, I am the gate by which you enter into God's riches. You are not only belonging to God's family by baptism, but when you enter to this great to this gate, you profess your faith. You say, I believe that you are the Son of Man. I believe that you are the light of the world. And you make profession of faith and you join God's eternal and temporary and earthly blessings. Everything that God has belongs to you now. And Jesus says, you must enter to this, great, to this gate to get those riches. No one, he says, comes to the Father except through me. There is no other way, if you want to enter into God's family, into God's kingdom, into God's church, if you want to belong to God, he says, you must enter through me. Some of the gates back home, they even have this beautiful, in, my, in some regions, history lessons on the gate. They are carved and they represent so much of who we are. Because when you enter through that gate, you enter into that family's history, into that family's culture. And I like how our young people, you know, they name their group Collide. Why do they name them? They Collide? They say, when you come to Christ, your story and God's story, they collide. And they make history. Maybe the same thing is with middle schoolers. I'm not sure. They call it fusion. When your story and God's story fuse together, 